morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. And he is Griffin. Coming up today, check in with the great Scotty McGregor. Spent some time down in Sarasota working as a guest instructor at Oriole Spring Training. Get a feel for what he saw. All these new pitches that Cole Irvin told us about yesterday. And apparently a new pitch that Corbin Burns has added. Talk about that. Although, I don't know. If I was Corbin Burns, I'd probably just keep doing what I was doing. <laughs> I can tell you what. You you prove that you can hit it. And then, then I'll consider tinkering. Um, also coming up this morning, it is Tuesday, so we'll catch up with Patrick Stevens. I don't know. I don't know what we talked to Patrick about. It ain't great. It ain't great. We could talk about Maryland. Just name baseball players with him. That's I, We might as well just do that. We'll talk some lacrosse, obviously. Loyola uh, Towson coming up later on tonight. Maryland stayed unbeaten, taking care of Princeton. Uh, getting getting the point where you have to ask some questions about Navy. Like I get that it was Penn State that they played on Saturday, but that's back-to-back blowout losses that they have suffered. So uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Hopkins uh, it looks good. They beat Carolina. We'll talk. We'll talk some lacrosse. We'll talk, that's what we'll do. We do talk basketball about what. Like, it, I, talk about the great cover by Morgan State last night. Oh yeah, they got yeah. a nice cover. Oh, yeah. Were you on that? Oh yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook mm-hmm. app. Use the code Glenn Clark twenty three when you sign up, and you can be like Griffin Bass and be a big winner on Morgan State last night. Statement cover is what they call those. Yeah. Statement. That's a that's a cover that matters. They think about that down the road. You got any plays for tonight? Um, you're on tonight so far? I haven't uh, I haven't looked at the card. No, I haven't looked at the card, huh? Uh, yeah, tonight I I was Unfortunately, I did overhear Jeremy Kahn likes Mississippi State. Okay. So. Unfortunately, they don't do lacrosse at Superbook, which is a bummer because my guy Hutton Jackson from the Action Network, he's been hot this year. Been hot. I'm like, "Man, I got to." And then I go to the Superbook and I'm like, "Oh, come on. Can we get on lacrosse? Can we work on that?" Ah, that's what it is. Um Trying to think of anything else that's going on tonight. Well, I mean, is the is the Orioles lineup for today? Let's see. Um, yeah, Orioles. Why can we not bet the Orioles? What's <laughs> happening there? It's because they know they're a weapon in the spring. Well, spring they lost training. yesterday. They split. Well, they, they split yeah, their they two won games. One of them. Yeah, they uh, they went one and one yesterday, so they're no longer unbeaten down in Sarasota. Broke even more or less, you know. I guess. I guess that's both true. Well, I don't know what the lines were, so I don't know. Well, if you bet, they're probably one and a half. That's what they tend yeah. to be. Almost certainly they were one and a half. I don't know what to say here. Boy, what a stunner last night for the U.S. women, by the way. Yeah. They lose 2-0, dos a cero, as to we, Mexico. As we speak, Gunnar Henderson is taking batting practice. Hell right yeah, now. he is. It's, as my friend Eric Ardita would say, it's over for you, hoes. We say that? I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. But we're just, we're, it's the internet. What are they going to do? Kick us off. I've seen some other stuff on the internet, Griffin. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. We're going to be all right. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. But yeah, that was that was that was brutal. Brutal last night. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really matter cuz they were already into the knockout round, but losing to Mexico like in women's soccer? It's like now all of a sudden the men are dominant against Mexico, so like sorry, you can't have it all. You know who I blame? 
that rapino. All she cares about is her political beliefs. She's not paying. I don't think she did a thing during the course of the match last night. I don't think she made one single play because all she's doing is thinking about woke. All right? So that's the problem with the U.S. women is Megan Rapinoe didn't make a single play that was helpful in last night's match because all she's doing is trying to force her woke agenda down everyone's throats. I didn't realize that's what we were doing so, today. Just... I'm sorry? Sorry, did you you say Megan Rapinoe's not on the team? Yeah, I didn't think she... I, was, I just wanted to double check. Just to, just really, way to, way to be on top of that bit. Yeah. <laughs> way yeah, yeah, yeah. to be on top of that one. <laughs> Ah, that's why we. Uh, that's why we go through so many rehearsals before the show. Is that why they lost? Is to make uh, sure that we nail down when we when we come on air. Because Rapino's not on the squad. That's why they lost. Um. Well, they lost with her on the squad during the World Cup. So I'm not really sure that it makes a difference. Just uh, either way, it's her fault. That's what we. Just a rough time. In f- in fairness, I was finishing. Oh, by the way, way to bail on the team after one week. What's going on over there? I thought you were a team player. You didn't show up for trivia. I you I thought you had a full roster. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed. Oh, it doesn't okay. mean that like we're gonna kick you out. <laughs> this isn't like uh you can come. Did you need me? We didn't we we won. We were good. You're welcome. Uh what gave you good vibes. Is that what it was yeah. by not showing up? You think well, that I was set up, I said it, you know, I started oh, the, I started okay. this winning streak. The win streak. Uh you guys won again, wow. So Was it what were, were the questions like like last week I felt like they were what ridiculous questions? Uh, there's some. I I did not know. Like I'm. Once my buddy Dan got us there, it made all the sense. Where the final question was like, what, what country is the 133rd largest country in the world? But when you include all of its territories, municipalities, then it becomes the 12th largest country in the world. Yeah, and it, it's a ball buster at first. You're like, then once he said it, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I'm just gonna throw one out. Mm-hmm. The Philippines? No, not the Philippines. So like, the first thing that comes to mind is the UK because like the UK yeah, used okay. to own everything, right? right? Like it used to be that like everything was British, but that's not the case any longer. Like I'm pretty sure Britain used to own like Canada. You know what I mean? Like not the case any longer. So or was that France? I don't know. France definitely had a, a, a time where they owned a lot of things. This one, in order to make such a significant difference, it has to be a giant like, chunk, a huge place. Right, and I don't own. know what has territories. And I, I had not even considered it. He nailed it. Greenland. So uh, Denmark okay. was the answer. Interesting. Because they own Greenland. And yes, we got that and we won for the evening. Although I, I think a lot it. of people got it. So like, luckily we were in the league going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only sports questions Man, last you guys night. Are just hammering everybody. Yeah, we've had a good run. We've had a good run. We did well on um, one of the rounds. Were you, were you up one at halftime? One of the too? picture rounds. No, we were trailing at oh, halftime. Okay. We were trailing at halftime, but the team that was leading at halftime fell apart in the second. We thought we fell apart in the second half. Turns out they were. The second half was a bit of bit ball busting. Um, one of the questions, the picture round, was pictures of highways in the state of Maryland, hmm. and it was they would just show you like a picture of an exit. Yeah, it was tough, man. We were the only ones that went four for five. Everybody wow. else went uh, Which no one better. Which did you miss? Three. US four. I don't even know where that is. I got to be honest with Let's you. Go. No County idea. Probably or something. I thought it was four ninety five. I was way off. Way off. Had it, knew it had a four though. Had that going for me. The only sports questions. There were two actually. There were two good ones. Um, 
Name the first ever black coach in the NBA and the first ever black manager in Major League Baseball. Hint, both were player managers when they started, or player coaches, and both are in their respective sports hall of fames. I don't think I know basketball. Well, that one is the one. You know what's really funny? I was super confident about basketball. Really? I was not as confident about is the baseball answer. Baseball. Oh, mm. Did it take that long? Mm. Was it Frank Robinson? It was Frank Robinson. Okay. I was confused as to whether it was Frank Robinson or Larry Doby because I couldn't remember when Frank Robinson. Like, I was struggling. We have a buddy on our team. Nicest guy in the world, but he's. You got to know him. His name is Brad. He's like, just kept yelling, I think it's Hank Aaron. I'm like, shut, you shut up. You're helping nothing. <laughs> Guy. No, he was confusing. Other, I, I, I understand Brad's game. Uh, He's confusing Frank other Robinson teams. was 75. Larry Doby was 78. So, yeah. They, they know that you are the sports guy, like all the other teams do. So they look, they like just keep an eye on your table. I don't know if that's the case or not. So the Brad basket, was like, oh, ba- Hank Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw yeah. It off, right? The basketball one, I. I, I Hall of Famer. I don't know. Was a player coach. Player coach. Do I get years? No, you didn't, you didn't get you didn't get years at trivia last night. We got, got suddenly here. I got I got nothing. I don't know who a player coach. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Kidd. Uh, I don't think Jason Kidd was was Jason Kidd a player coach. No, I guess he wasn't a player coach. But I feel like he went to coaching immediately. Immediately following. after he retired. Yeah. Yes, but I don't think he was a player coach. Um, which was bizarre to me um, as, as a kid. Uh, who was the last player? I don't know who the last player coach was. He was man. the last player coach in the NBA. Dave Cowens was the last player coach in the NBA. I, I don't even have a, have a guess. George a, Gervin? George oh. Gervin? I don't know if George Gervin was ever a coach. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I couldn't tell you. Uh, Bill, the great Bill Russell. Ah, the Bill Russell was Bill a player Russell coach. Bill Russell was a player coach. How long did he coach? Um, I think he kept coaching after he retired for a little while, if I remember correctly. Uh, Bill or George Gervin was never a coach. Mm. Uh, he was an assistant coach, but never a head coach. I thought they were asking the first assistant player. Yeah. Bill Russell. Um, oh, come on, as a coach, yeah, his player coach tenure ran from '66 to '69, and then after his retirement, he ended up coaching both the Sonics and the Kings later after he coached the Celtics as a player. So. That one was the one that was obvious to me. For some reason, Frank Robinson. I was only because I was. I remembered Larry Doby. I guess Larry Doby wasn't a player coach when or player manager when he was managing. He was just a manager. So, I, thankfully, I put down. Right. I got it right. I put down Frank okay. Robinson. Good we job. were good. Good job. Uh, and then the other one. This is a ball buster. There's a nine-letter word that is. The arena in which indoor cycling events occur. The name of the facility where you would home host an indoor cycling event. Peloton Park. No, uh, that's first of all not nine. Yeah, letters. not nine letters. Yeah. Um, I got it, but it like at first how? I s- because you hear it at the Olympics. The arena where yeah. like people on the stationary, venue, people on stationary bikes, it. or it's an indoor no, it's an, track. It's where indoor cycling track. I don't Not know if I've ever heard of this. Velodrome. The Velodrome. Velodrome. V-E-L-O-D-R-O-M-E. Velodrome. It's not the Velodrome, because the Velodrome could be anywhere. It could be the Phoenix Velodrome or the Paris Velodrome. Every You have a Velodrome. That's what you call it when you have an indoor cycling track. 
And I spelled it wrong at first. I spelled it like V-E-L-I-D-R-O-M-E. And I was like, no, Velocity, you idiot. V-E-L-O-D-R. Velocidrome. No, just Velodrome. Well, that's how I remember it, the Velocidrome. Velocidrome. Velodrome (laughs) was the answer. (laughs) So those are the sports questions of trivia last night. That one was tough. That one was was tough. Well, I mean, I... It's, Did anyone else get it? I think so, yeah. Wow. It's like a common thing. It is. I know you don't like that. It's not but it common is. if I've never heard of it. No, that's not the case. <laughs> it only seeing, matters if I After know you're it seeing is. your performance, that means nothing is common. Literally nothing at all. All right, so this morning, John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta are both going to meet with the media out in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, Griffin, do you want to do this exercise? You want to you wanna give me... I'll, I'll pretend to be... I'll pretend to be uh, Eric DaCosta, okay. and you give me some questions. That uh, you think are are we tagging Justin Matabike? You know, we're, we're going to explore our options with that. Uh, Justin's uh, a heck of a player, and, you know, we really like Justin, and you never want to let good players go. Um, so we're going to, you know, we're not going to commit to anything just yet. We're going to continue. We've had, we've had really good conversations, productive conversations. Like, well, we really like Justin. I mean, you know, great story, obviously, uh, you know, a guy that came in wasn't a first-round pick, and uh, we believed him all along, and we think we think Justin is going to be a really good football player for a long time. So we're gonna we're gonna keep those conversations going, and we'll see how that plays out. Gotcha. Um, how about Patrick Queen? Is there any chance that he comes back? You know, we, we really like. I mean, Patrick Queen was a first-round pick. Obviously, we really like Patrick Queen. So, um, you know, Patrick m- might have some options there, and. Um, you know, we'd love to have Patrick back. Um, you know, if it works out, you, you know what we always say: right player, right price. Um, you know, we, we'll just we're gonna have to you know continue that process and see how that goes. Uh, to give yourself any more cap flexibility, any players uh, that are still that are still yeah, we're ex- we're exploring. Ricard, for example, we're exploring. Um, you know, we're having some conversations, and we're. You know, it, it's 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 difficult when you've got a, a salary cap in a sport, and obviously we got good news with the salary cap going up last week, and so, you know, we're seeing how we can use that to our advantage. But we're always looking at different areas, and and um, you know, guys that uh, we might be able to, um, you know, create some cap space, but uh, we want to keep good players around. Why do you hate Gus Edwards? I, we love Gus Edwards. <laughs> We love, Why do you get three carries? We love Gus Edwards. Well, you he know, a championship. He'd have to talk to because he didn't have pedigree. Yeah, yeah, talk to somebody else about that. Um, you're, you're looking, so you're know, looking we, for running backs with we, pedigree. We love Gus Edwards, and uh, we'd like to. We like. We would like to have gotten something done. We were talking to him ahead of that deadline last week, and that doesn't mean you know that he won't end up being back with the Ravens. We we like we like Gus Edwards a lot. J.K. Dobbins. Uh, you know, we like J.K. Obviously, he's been through a lot. Is that anyone you don't like? You just know how this is going to go. Keep going. Throw some more at me. Uh, I'm, I'm Ronnie hot. Stanley. Then uh, consider some outside yeah. things. Like, you know, throw anything at me. Uh, you know, so Derrick Henry has been in the been in the news. Uh, yeah, yeah, Derrick, Henry's, Derrick Henry's a great player. Is, is he? Derrick Henry's a, a really great player. You know, I'm not really sure if we're allowed to talk about uh, outside free agents oh, right now. I have no idea what the <laughs> timing is. I guess they didn't tag him, so maybe he's uh, – but the year hasn't – the new year hasn't started. I'm not uh, really sure how much we're allowed to say – just yet, um, but you know we we love Derrick Henry, and we're always willing to consider. You know, we'll we'll take a look at anybody that we think can help the team. Is there a position that you know you're going to be focusing on more this oh, week? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Um, 
you know, we'll be looking at the offensive linemen, and then we'll be looking at the defensive linemen, and we'll look at the uh, the wide receivers and the tight ends. We always been like looking at the tight ends, and uh, it's a good running back class. You know, it's a good running back oh, class, God. and the don't say that the corner the cornerback class. Okay. It's a it's a, it's a we like we like looking at the cornerbacks, and then um, you know, obviously the linebackers. We'll probably look at the the linebackers, and you know, I I I, I don't know that we'll draft a quarterback, but. You know, you never know during the course of the draft. You you might draft you might draft a quarterback at some point. You know, we like Malik Cunningham, brought him in, so you know we'll we'll see how all that plays out. Not and, bringing uh, Tyler Huntley back. You know, I we like Tyler Huntley. <laughs> you do. We like we like Tyler. I mean, what is what a story? You know, Tyler Huntley made a Pro Bowl uh, as a Baltimore Raven, and um, Ravens you know legend. we really like Tyler Huntley, and we'll see how all that goes and what the market looks like for Tyler Huntley and. You know, we're always open to, to bringing good players and having good players on our team. Any uh, conversations with Ronnie Stanley about restructuring or potentially yeah, a post-June you know, one? I mean, Ronnie, Ronnie's been through a lot, and Ronnie's a, Ronnie's a raven, you know? Ronnie's a, Ronnie's a raven. He's a... Ronnie the raven? He's what we're all about, you know? And, um, you know, he's, he's been through a lot injury-wise the, the last couple of years, and... Um, do you like Ronnie? You know, but when... It, yeah, we like Ronnie. You do? Okay. And uh, when he's out there, you know he's he, boy, he's he's still a, he's a heck of a player, right? That's a pro Pro Bowl caliber player that you're talking about. So, you know, we'll see. We've had some conversations with Ronnie um, about where he is, and 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 we'll just we'll have to let you know about that when when something's there. All right, I I, I feel like you've covered everything. That's how I this think. is gonna go. Okay, like the likelihood of us getting any actual information would come down to whether or not they literally have something to report at the moment. Short of, like, five minutes before Eric DaCosta goes to the dais, they happen to, like... Tag re- out of BK? Yeah, or redo somebody's deal or something. Short of that, you're not getting... Eric, I really like Arthur Millette. Will you bring him back? Yeah, we like our, you know, we like Arthur Millette. You do? We okay, really, That's all I wanted to hear. Arthur Millette's a raven. That's the other thing, too, they love saying. They love saying that about guys. I should have said that more. And then two weeks later, you know, Arthur, not a raven. Arthur's a raven. Like, you know, he that play like a raven thing, you know, Arthur plays like a raven. It's the type of nonsense. That, I mean, I don't I would say not. Because these are always awkward because they're not going to tell you what they're doing. In some cases, because they don't know. In other cases, just because they would rather it be a secret. And I, it's frustrating for us because this is what we do. And every now and then there is something that's informative. Like the the questions that are why questions are better questions to ask in these settings because you're not gonna get tangible information. So asking why I don't know why didn't you extend Matabike yet? That's not a, yeah. That's, that's not, not really question. because that's still it's yeah. it's just a, it's it's another way of asking an informative question. It's more like um, you know why yeah who are these coaches they hired them? what oh, yeah. why was Dennis Johnson the right fit for was he inside linebacker what what's Dennis Johnson I don't remember what he's hired to do I don't remember anything I, I probably the nicest guy in the world and and maybe he'll be a hell of a football coach I just don't I don't remember what he's here to do I'm sorry I I can't I can't stay on top of I don't know if you've heard I'm playing baseball with my sons now I threw my back out hitting grounders for 2 hours the so other day happened. Dude, I am. I was so sore yesterday. The, the, it, like an idiot, I did this for hours between throwing batting practice and hitting grounders to my sons, 
And then I came back and got on the bike afterwards. And like I'm realizing now that was too much. Like I I I'm I'm 40. I got to keep that in perspective. And yesterday I I was so sore that like when I would stand up, I I could I was like hunched over. I couldn't stand up correctly. Did you find out what I mean are you serious you can't figure out what Dennis Johnson's job is with the Ravens? I uh well I'm My trying God. to find I just want to find a list of all of the jobs. He was hired to be. Here's the Ravens announced four coaching hires for the 2024 staff. Oh, maybe it's the internet. Maybe that's the problem. All right. They hired Dennis Johnson to be defensive line coach. Travell Wharton is the assistant offensive line coach. Doug Mallory is defensive backs coach. Mark DeLeon is the inside linebackers coach. Those are the coaches there they hired. Go. So, like, trying to get a thoughtful answer about – like, so th- that – you have to ask a question that's not just what do you think about this player. You're going to have to find other other ways if you want to try to get a thoughtful answer or an answer of some sort of value. Otherwise, you're just going to get more of the same. We like everybody. We'll see how it goes. We have decisions to make. That's all they're going to tell you. In a weird way, I would find the combine to be almost the best time to talk to John Harbaugh because there was no opponent Right, like when when there's no opponent on the schedule, he tends to be more willing to discuss things. He and I, one year when I when I was at the combine, he and I ended up doing like five. I don't remember if it was Ray's final season or if it was going into 2011. I don't remember which one it was, but there was a lot of talk about whether or not Ray Lewis could still be a three down linebacker at that point in his career, and I I gave it to him. He danced around it. And he just gave me the like, you know, we like Ray, we like, you know, Ray. He gave me the same. This is one of the greatest players of all. Like he gave me that whole thing, and I, I don't know why that day I was just like, John, you're dancing, and like, you know, you and I, we're not good dancers. Although I don't know, we'd see that video from. Maybe I was wrong. Um, you and I, we're not good dancers. So let's let's maybe not dance. Like I, I just kind of didn't. I wasn't feeling it that day. I wasn't willing to put up with it that particular day. And and he kind of giggled for a second. Then he just answered the question. He was like, yeah, I still think Ray's a three-down linebacker. I, th- I still think we're okay having him on the field for all three downs. And I was like, okay, that was the answer that I was looking for. I don't know why. But, like, for some reason in the offseason, I felt that John was more – and I remember telling him this once. I was like, I like talking to you here because there's no opponent. And, like, it, it always felt like John in those moments – was thinking like what what are the Bengals hearing when I answer a question? And before there's a schedule, there's no opponent, so there's no one for him to think about what are they hearing in those moments. So I always like talking to John at the combine, but I feel like that probably has largely gone away too. Like maybe we'll see. We'll see if he has something. I don't remember who's up first. I think one of them is going to speak in like ten minutes. I don't remember who's speaking when today. Uh, one of them, I think, is at 10.30. The other um, one's around Here we go. DaCosta, 10.30. Harbaugh, 11.15. Yeah. So, if there's any information DeCosta's to be... DaCosta's going to go 45 minutes? No, they don't... It's not... They, the, the way the combine works is there's, like, a room that has, like, four or five podiums. And, like, every... 20 to 30 minutes, someone else goes up to the podium. Uh, just so another random coach GM. Ev- so, during the course of whatever many days it is, there's 32 teams and they're supposed to make, every team is supposed to make their head coach and general manager available. It used to be it only had to be one, 
but now it's supposed to be all 32 to try to entice all of the media to try to be there, like all the national reporters and everything. So you got to schedule 64 press conferences during the course of the span of a few days, and you've got to get all these players, like all of the all the, the all of the players the participate in the combine have to be available as well to the media at some point. Now, some of them are not significant enough that I think they had. This is when I used to do it. They put it in like a very small room. I know they've changed it so it's in a bigger room now. They might have every player go to a podium. It used to be that some of the players they would just bring in and they would like, "Hey, this guy's in the room," and he would just sort of be standing there, <laughs> like you know, to swap him and right when when uh, Manti Teo came into the room, obviously a podium like a big setting, and then they'd bring in you know a, a, a Dexter McDougal. <laughs> I like Come that. on. He was a good guy. Come on. Um, they'd bring him in, and they'd be like, yeah, and now also standing over in the corner by himself, you'll find Dexter McDougal, and then myself and, like, Jeff Zrebeck would, like, saunter over. Like, anybody who was from Maryland would saunter over to see whoever the Maryland prospect was that had just come into the room. Now, uh, uh, oh, God, I can't even think of these guys' names now. Eh, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Nolan Carroll. No, Nolan, Nolan Carroll standing by himself in the corner. Nobody – it would almost be like a, a bit. And uh, if you're very bored, no, Colin Carroll. Colin. Cor- yeah. Nolan. Corbin Carroll's at the NFL. Yeah, Corbin Carroll's hanging out at the combine. If you have literally nothing to do with your time and you just want to talk – Just be so mean to these kids. Yeah, Nolan Carroll. Gosh. Is is sitting at a table by himself like he was that weird kid from seventh grade. If you really just want to keep someone company today, Almost Nolan feels me- Carroll feels mean to these kids. They weren't to actually do it. saying those things. It was just the way that it felt. Like if you were doing a sketch comedy act about it, right, that was well, the way that it would go because you would bring some guys well, in and you would know that they would be some truth to this, right. you know, some accuracy. Uh, Jack. Johnny Man saying it. Jo- you didn't even have to announce Johnny Manziel was in the room. Like, like Johnny Manziel would walk in and six hundred people would follow after him. They'd be like j- pushing each other out of the way, and then there's uh, uh, Nolan Carroll. And and again, if was, one of you, does Nolan Carroll keep catching strays here? Uh, Nolan Carroll had a nice career. I want to say I like Nolan Carroll. Nolan Carroll, but he was not a prominent player going to the combine. Like, remember the combine's not just for the first round picks. The combine's for. I think we had 200 or so guys go to the combine, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it's closer to 300 now. It might be like, now. Yeah. It might be that like it's it's a draft's worth of players that get In the, three that teams the for Nolan Carroll. Uh, Nolan Carroll is definitely a Dolphin. He was drafted by the Dolphins in 2010. I don't want to say he was an Eagle. Uh, yes, then he went to the Eagles after four seasons with third team Miami. Third team Commanders. Uh, close. Cor- incorrect it's NFC. Not the Ravens. Incorrect NFC East team. The Giants? Not the Giants. Oh, the okay. Cowboys, okay. Yes. Right. Ended his career with the Cowboys. Sure, sure, I believe you. Great guy. I really like Nolan Carroll. I was just trying to think of, I just happened to remember hanging out with Nolan Carroll at the com. It's been years since I've gone to the Combine, dude. Like, it has been a decade since I've been to the Combine, so trying to remember the player that I was thinking of. I remember one year, so I, one of the things I used to do at the Combine, this is a straight shoot, I've told people this before, I would literally go get every prospect's phone number. Like, they would bring a guy into the room, and, like, I would just walk up and be like, hey, man, can we be in touch? And I would get – people would ask me how I would have all these like, – dude, how did you have all them? Like, because I would go to the combine, and I would just ask. And these guys would be like, uh, I guess. And they would just give me their phone number. Like, they would. And it was great. 
Like it you, think may, you, you think it would be you way, still do that way, today? More, way more difficult to do today. Way more difficult to do today. These guys have been coached and media trained. And the number of guys that like over the years we get drafted you're by just the taking ra- advantage of these kids. Huh? I wasn't taking advantage of them. I asked. <laughs> I asked them a question. They could have said no. I don't remember any any prospect ever saying no. And I would go to the combine and ask. Every, I'm from top down. Walking like, out there with 250 numbers. I, I remember, and this is how it how stupid my the the form the guy that ran the radio station I used to work for was. He was like, he was like, uh, "What are you out here getting boys' phone numbers?" And I just like <laughs> looked at him like, "What? Do you know nothing about how any of our business works?" Like I realize that all you are is like a star effort, but like, do you have any clue how extra we do radio? <laughs> Some of these guys are gonna be drafted by the Ravens. Others of them might be Ravens five years from now. Do you have any idea how beneficial that legwork that I, I, no one else was willing to Tom do Brady. that? Yeah. yeah, correct. I was the guy that was willing to, like a dope, walk around and ask every prospect at the Combine for their phone number. And I got made fun of for it. As you should, yeah. Yeah, what a loser I was. <laughs> Trying to do, like, work. What a What a thought. God, uh, but yes, the, com- the the Eric DaCosta is scheduled to meet with the media in moments, and if he says anything interesting, which I'm going to just assume he probably won't, but if he happens to, oh by the way, wasn't there some team that we were supposed to follow up with about the uh, a guest because yeah, it's uh, combo correct. time? Yes, we were. Did we, uh, did we do that? Uh, yeah, we've I've been trying. Okay, I'm just making yes. Griffin. <laughs> it's been lean. I understand. Lean. I do understand. Lean of late. Um. All right. Well, you keep me updated on. All right, that. I will. You keep me. You let you let me know. Yeah, we'll do. We'll go from there. Uh, if yes, if any of them say anything, I will. Uh, I will react to it as appropriately. And if apparently Shaq Barrett might be released, that one would be. I believe that is correct. That's obviously there's the additional interest there because he's from Baltimore, and so. You know, you'd, I, I don't know if Shaq Barrett would care at all. Um, yeah, Ian Rappaport reported this morning the Bucks are releasing Pro Bowl pass rusher Shaq Barrett, clearing cap space with inco- important contract decisions ahead. You'd think there would still be a fairly robust market for Shaq Barrett. Like, you would think that. I don't, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I know that. Um, Shaq. He's 31. Wow, I didn't realize he was already yeah. 31. Jeez. Man, how old am I? God. <laughs> That's terrifying. Shaq Barrett's 31. Boy, it's been two years since he's had a good season. Man, I did not realize that Shaq Barrett had kind of fallen off the way he had the last couple of seasons. Just four and a half sacks a year ago. I would have to look at some of the more, you know, dive in on some of the uh, the, the other numbers that matter. And like, hang on a second. Let me see if I can pull up edge rush win rate. Because then the question is, if the market is God. depleted a bit for Shaq Barrett, could he be your Jadeveon Clowney for um, – Right, right. He had five sacks last year, three sacks in 22. Yeah, but 10 sacks a year before that, right? right? Yeah. Like, 11, yeah, 11 during their Super or sorry, 12 during their Super Bowl or on 11 the year after that. He had 20 sacks in 2019. Yeah, that was bonkers, man. Like, that really was, and it came really out of nowhere, right? Yeah, because yeah, that was his first season in Tampa after four in Denver. I can't I can't find an edge rush. Wow. Right. He had six right. his rookie year and then had... Four, three, yeah. two. Um, dude, it was it really 20. was wildly out of nowhere. Hang on a second. I'm looking at 
Uh, Pro Football Focus has a, an edge rush free agency ranking. Mm. He was a 73 grade last year. Okay. His highest grade was uh, an 81. Or sorry, no, during his uh, on his rookie contract, he had some 80s with Denver. No, but 81 gave, and gave 22, him a, a, 21 on. Well, so last year, PFF gave him an 80.1 pass rush grade. E- yes. A true pass set pass Actually, rush I've seen grade. 82. I don't know why I'm seeing different numbers. I don't know either. But his pass rush grade, according to mine, was 82. Had a 12% pass rush win rate last year. That's not, that's not great. Um, I would have to know about, you know, double team rate, all those things. I'm trying to give some perspective. He had a 12% win rate. And for comparison, Andrew Van Ginkle was an 18% win rate. Mm-hmm. Kyle Van Noy was 19%. I don't know. I'd be I'd be intrigued. By, look, admittedly, part of that is because he's from here, and so it'd be an interesting story. And, you know, I always love a good story. But um, 31, I, if the Ravens aren't going to be swimming in the highest end of the edge rush market, and I, I don't know how they could, also, I don't know who's really is Josh Allen going to actually going to be a free agent? Like, is he actually going to be available and on the market? Part of this problem is like you look at all these free agent listings and you don't know who the guys are. They're going to be tagged before they ever get to free agency or going to sign a deal. So the question is, what is the high end of the free agent market? So if if the Ravens aren't swimming in those waters and they're trying to find a way to maximize to say, could Shaq Barrett be their Jadeveon Clowney next season? Maybe. Like obviously, and there's we won't know until you know September first. Like that's probably oh, yeah. they, like they just wait. Gonna, they wait until then in order to sign. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they have to do that. Um, I don't know. I I'd, I'd be interested, and I'd have to look at who the other players would be that would be in that sort of category of edge rushers, of aging edge rusher. Uh... Or I don't even know that it has to be aging as much as it's like guy that you know is talented but isn't like marquee at the moment. And so you feel as though there might be an opportunity. Uh, edge rush free agent. I'm trying to make sure that I have. I'm pretty sure that Josh Allen is supposed to be a. They are talking free about agent. tagging him. They're talking about tagging him. Yes. Uh, like. Brian Burns Trent obviously Balky. would be uh, close to the top. Daniel Hunter would be close to the top. Again, these uh, provided these players actually reach free agency, which is a question at the moment. Of course, Chase Young. I saw somebody else banging the Chase Young drum, and I can't remember who it was this week for the Ravens. I, 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 oh, uh, Will Bowen? Matt Bowen. Matt, Matt Bowen, Bowen from ESPN yes. is yeah, exactly Matt who Bowen. it was, was banging the Chase Young drum. With his point being, it would be a one-year kind of prove-it deal to go after Chase Young. And I, I would say I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to that. I do know that, like, it didn't work in San Francisco, so just getting him to a place that was less toxic than Washington didn't suddenly bring the best out of Chase Young. There's a Chase Young problem. It's something we always like to talk about. Uh, Rita, for example, she loves Dalvin Cook. And she's like, we got to stop judging Dalvin Cook by what happened in New York. It's an awful place to be, awful turf, the whole thing. And I hear you. I hear you. That's a factor to me. But Chase Young got to a better place. He got out of the toxicity of Washington, went to a place where they were in line to win a Super Bowl, and still was barely a contributor. Like, there was talk about him not being active for the Super Bowl. So, I'm not 
I'm not enamored with the Chase Young idea, but if you say, hey, it's in the NFL, there can't be a bad one-year contract, right? Like, if that's what the market is for him, if, you know, they think the opportunity's there in Baltimore, I'm not saying no, but there's an awful lot of questions about his give-a-damn, and I, I don't like being that guy. I don't like having that conversation. There's questions about Anthony Rendon's give a damn for good reason, right? Like, I I think it matters, and I don't know that you can force the give a damn out of somebody just because they're in a good spot. And I would have to consider that because they couldn't force it out of him in San Francisco. They weren't able to tap in to the talent that we all thought was undeniable coming out of college and early in his NFL career. What's happened there? I, you know, not being around, I couldn't possibly explain it. It makes no sense. We know he's going to be a great Raven in about four years, right? Because he's not thirty yet, so mm-hmm. he can't. Yeah. How old is Chase Young? Like he 27? is actually still twenty-four. He will be twenty-four. He'll be Jesus twenty-five in a month. Christ, how is that possible? He'll be twenty-five in a month. Yeah, you're right. We're still years away. <laughs> years away from his prime Ravens days. Uh, Jonathan Greenard's a free agent. Man, he was a monster last year. God. I like that. Zadarius is a free agent again. I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know how they would feel about. Uh, that how old after. is he now? He might. He might fit the bill. Yeah, but didn't they? Didn't wasn't he supposed to come back last year and then he like balked at the last second? Oh yeah. You're yeah, right, I don't know. Right. I don't know if that would that be was. The, the road that they would go down. All right, uh, we will uh, monitor. He's thirty-one. He'll be thirty-two in September. So perfect. Um, does seem. Celebrate his thirty-second birthday, September eighth. That, that part with the of contract it, with the Ravens. That part, and look, I love Zadarius. That part of it makes sense, but I, I feel like they tried to do the reunion with Zadarius, and once that didn't work out, they probably say, "All right, we gave that a shot." Big omission. Uh, Zrebiak tweeted: uh, DaCosta has said they are trying to get a deal done with Justin Matabike. Sure, <laughs> I, I believe him. I'm sure they are. <laughs> I don't think we needed to ask him that in order to know that. It doesn't mean knocking whoever asked. You have to ask. But, like, I don't think we're learning anything because he's saying they're trying to get a deal done. Yes! We're hopeful we can get a long-term deal done. He put himself in a fortuitous position. I believe they are hopeful they can get a long-term deal done. I believe that. No one's saying if he confirmed if he liked or didn't like Justin Madaby. Right, we haven't heard. We like Justin. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, that we'll we'll see. All right, let's uh, grab a break. Uh, Patrick Stevens is going to join us when we come back in. Today's show is also brought to you by Toyota and County Sports Zone. Of course, we get into County Sports Zone Radio. Oh wait, are we doing County Sports? We're doing County Sports Zone Radio next. Correct. We are. I'm on top of things, man. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. County Sports Zone Radio. When we come back in, is it was a big weekend. All right, we'll do that uh, coming up next. We'll check in with Wes Brown, talk about the MIAA championships, everything else going on in the world of high school hoops. We continue on on a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The ultimate fan experience awaits you at Sports and Social Maryland. See how we're raising the sports bar with our massive 100-foot media wall featuring 40 HD TVs and a 47-foot big screen. Bet on your favorite teams and this year's biggest events at the FanDuel Sportsbook while enjoying your favorite beers and cocktails, plus our delicious takes on bar food classics. Visit Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, 
Island, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Jeremy Kahn here. The ultimate sports betting experience in Maryland is at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook. Join me at either location in Canton or in Towson and place your bets in person and be a part of the action. It's the best in-class sports wagering experience complete with the ultimate TV package, ensuring you can catch every game all day, every day. Their state-of-the-art facilities bring Las Vegas energy right here to Maryland just in time for postseason football. So visit the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson and elevate your game day experience and hang out with me to bet, watch, and win at the Turtle. Coming back in here with Glenn and the other guy, uh, uh, Garrett, whatever his name is. You know who they are. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Again, just monitoring what Derek DaCosta is saying out at the Combine from uh, Jeff Zrebeck's Twitter account. Quote, we need more than two running backs, unquote. I agree. Uh, said they're still talking to Gus Edwards about a return, and they'll also talk to J.K. Dobbins, but either way, they'll make additions there. Well, if additions means you know any player that's not currently on the roster, well, then yes, of of course, because they only have Justice Hill and um, Keaton Mitchell currently on the roster. So obviously, they will make some sort of additions. Does that tell us about whether or not they're actually going to go after Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley? Nope, sure doesn't. And as I said when we were doing this exercise before. They were never going to tell us whether they were going to definitively go after one of those guys. The smoke continues to be there for the idea that the Ravens will dip those their toes in those waters. 
opinions vary. You guys read my column yesterday at pressboxonline.com. I'm I, I I just I'm not opposed to the players. I just think the money is better spent elsewhere. If they can if they can address everywhere they need to and still somehow bring in a top-notch running back, I you know, bully I'm just not it's I, I'm skeptical of that. I think is the nicest way to say it. And I probably am going to end up saying no. I I don't I don't think that's the way to go. But we'll see what they end up doing and they you know, as we talked about with Stan last week, I would say that Eric DaCosta has arguably um earned a little bit of a okay We'll, we'll show some more faith in you at the moment uh, based on the heater that he was on last offseason. Uh, just addressed Odell Beckham, quote, we'll assess and see what happens over the next couple of weeks, unquote. They're not going to tell you anything. They're not. He's been texting him, too. Ah, well, yeah. we did learn that. Yeah. That was that was definitely something we couldn't have possibly would have thought they were dead to each other. <laughs> Oh, you're a free agent now? I'll never talk to you again. I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not trying to be that guy. It's just that, guys, we're, we're not going to learn anything. Short of they actually have something that they've done, like to Griffin's point. If they had, at 10.30 a.m. today, put the franchise tag on Justin Matabike, then we would have learned something. But they probably would have put out a press release about it. It's just, I, it's a futile exercise. Like, I, I don't, I, I think it's important that the decision makers within the franchise are available to meet with the media. It's just that we know enough to know they're not going to say anything. It's, it's kind of a dance any longer. It's just an exercise. When there's something to be told... They'll tell it. And until there is, they're not, they're just not going to do it because they're operating a business and, you know, a multi-billion dollar business at that. We'll keep watching to see if something interesting does happen to pop up. All right, Goose Flights Lager is delicious and it's available all over town. You see that awesome collector's can as we celebrate the life and legacy of Tony Saragusa. I had one Friday night. Uh, Where stopped, were you? Stop the Glory Days. Oh, over yeah. at, which Glory Days? In uh, Eldersburg. Out in I'm Eldersburg. Carroll County, baby. Because as Griffin points out, cans available oh, at yeah. all of the Glory Days Grill locations throughout the state of Maryland. And it is a tasty lager. So get out to any of the Glory Days Grill locations. You can also get cans at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton as well. As at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. On top of that, cans and Sixers are available, both at Guilford Hall Brewery and at the Costas Inn. And Sixers and Cases are available at the Wine Source in Hamden. As I said, six... Let me go take a step back. 198 from every can goes to the Goose Flights Foundation and the work that Tony's family is doing to provide non-emergency medical transport to those in need. And in concert with the release of Goose Flights, you have two days left to get in our contest to win up to $1,000 in Baltimore sports ticket credit. 
So go to PressBoxOnline.com slash GooseFlights to sign up today. No purchase necessary. PressBoxOnline.com slash GooseFlights in order to sign up. Big week in high school hoops. Let's cover all of it right now. It's time for County Sports Zone Radio. He is Wes Brown from County Sports Zone, and he's with us on GCR. Wes, uh, what a what a week it was in uh, not only the MIAA but all throughout the course of the state. Thanks as always taking the time for us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Well, let's start um, with the action from the the A conference and ultimately Mount St. Joe winning the title on Saturday. Yeah, another another big time battle between you know uh, Mount St. Joe and, and Archbishop Spalding there. Um, ton of great athletes on on both sides, but the Gales managed to to pull it out, fifty seven fifty two. Um, it was their you know third title in the last four full seasons, um, and they finished with a twenty three and two record. Um, but it was two you know close semifinal and final, so it wasn't necessarily you know convincing blowout fashion, but they they managed to get the job done. So I was not aware until a couple of weeks ago that there might be a familiar name for uh, some Maryland basketball fans. I did not know that uh, Bino Ranson's son, BJ, was on the Mount St. Joe roster. I know he's not like the star player on that team, but perhaps an interesting name for uh, some fans of basketball in this area to be following over the course of the next couple of seasons. Yeah, for sure. And then you also, I think you have Juan Dixon's son in, in the MIA as well. How about so, that? How about yeah, that? Number, number of really, really big names. You know, you start to get some of those, uh, you know, sons of players that are that are that are coming up through the ranks so it's always interesting to see those that wasn't the only title that was handed out on saturday yep so they had the the bnc conference championships as well uh all this at, at umbc uh severn won its first uh title uh defeating gersell academy 62 to 46 um and st peters and paul beat uh betty flows 68 to 58 um Sabres, you know, lost to them last year. The the title last year almost a completely flipped scoreline. I think last year was sixty five to fifty eight. Um, so pr- pretty cool there to to have that rematch. All right, uh, not just the MIAA that was uh, handing out championships last week. Yeah, so actually last night was the the WCAC, you know, boys and girls final. Um, St. Paul uh, coming over Gonzaga there by 12, 63 to 51 for the boys title. Um, and then you had, you know, St. John's college, you know, over Bishop McNamara, 45, 41 for the girls title. Um, it's been a heck of a run for, for St. John's, uh, third consecutive WCAC title, uh, there for the cadets. So, um, definitely a pretty big, pretty big run for them. Uh, I know them and Bishop McNamara is kind of, you know, the two big WCAC teams, um, so it was definitely a, a good game last night in American. All right, and uh, how about an athlete of the week from hoops? Yeah, so so going to that that WCAC final, uh, Darren Harris, uh, the Duke commit, who's also the, the WCAC player of the year, uh, helped lead them to the title last night with twenty one points and six rebounds, uh, shooting you know six of thirteen from the field and seven of eight from the free throw line. Um, they obviously had a lot of pieces contribute, um, but he was one of the standout players from you know all these private school championships. Awesome, and I know the uh, the star from Mount St. Joe was Jordan Brathwaite, who's going to Yale. Pretty, by the way, pretty impressive to not just be uh, the star player leading your team to a to a conference title, but then to be headed to Yale. After yeah. that, not bad for Jordan Brathwaite. Really, really cool. So, um, uh, run me down now. Uh, this is we're chatting with Wes Brown here for County Sports Zone Radio. The private school championships out of the way. Now we get towards public school playoffs. Uh, what's the schedule look like there? 
Yeah, so everything starts tonight uh, with the boys' basketball uh, region quarterfinals. Um, girls start tomorrow, and then we'll kind of see throughout, you know, each round. Um, every every two days will be boys one day, girls the next day. Um, but state, you know, public school playoffs start tonight. Um, we got all the brackets on County Sports Zone, um, so you'll be able to track, you know, the the, the scores, the schedules, you know, the winners um, as everything advances through the the brackets on there. And and so, what weekend is championship weekend? Uh, March 15th and 16th. Okay. They're going to have the, the, the eight games at UMD between those two days. And then how quickly do we get into spring sports season after that? What's the schedule look like? Um, it's pretty much that next week, that next okay. like, Thursday, Friday or so. Okay. Um, I think they're, they're able to start practice here in, in a couple weeks, um, but you'll have some of those, you know, dual sport, tri-sport athletes, um, you know, jump, jumping back in after, after basketball. Events. So baseball lacrosse underway after that. All right. Remind everybody, give everybody the rundown for pick them. Um, for everything they can find at County Sports Zone and then the social media rundown as well. Yep. So County Sports Zone is your home for all the scores, schedules, uh, streams, pick them, any, anything relating to high school sports in Maryland. Um, for for pick them, we're, we're doing a few different you know slates for each round of the playoffs here on the boys' side. Um, I think we've got up you know Montgomery, PG, uh, Howard, um, Charles County uh, for for this one coming up today. Uh, simply just sign up, make your picks left and right, who you think is going to win, um, and, and compete with other players there. Um, but, yeah, we've got pretty much everything you're going to need for this playoff season, and we'll have coverage as well on you know on our site and on social media, uh, at CSC Scores on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and then I'm at W underscore Brown 21. Of course, County Sports Zone, proudly sponsored by Toyota and buyatoyota.com. Wes Brown, appreciate you, man. Let's talk again next Tuesday, all right? All right, sounds good. Wes Brown with us from County Sports Zone here for County Sports Zone Radio on GCR. All right. I'm uh, just continuing to monitor. Just keep waiting. Keep waiting for something interesting. Keep waiting well, for why, something. Why do you keep waiting when you know, you know? I mean, I just. Nothing will. It would be It would be nice. Uh, <laughs> Eric Costa said that Matabike will probably be tagged if no extension is reached before next Tuesday. So if you that's by the way to me by far the closest thing you'll get the news only because there was a a faint chance that people were considering the possibility that maybe the Ravens who do we have on recently that talked about that that like you know the Ravens have just let some guys go and I was like yeah they're not letting Justin Matabeek we had somebody on that said that and I was like it might have been Fowler by the way who brought that up and I was just like yeah like any any reference, I want to say like Judon and but like they tagged Judon once. They tried with Judon, uh, Zadarius Smith, obviously. Like they 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 were never just letting Justin Matabike go, but for whatever reason, that still continued to be something that like a very like this the small sliver of people believed might be in play. So the closest thing to tangible information is that like if there was a one percent chance that the Ravens would let Justin Matabike go, that statement gets rid of that 1% chance. But that that's the standard that I'm giving for information is that it's 1% relevant. <laughs> that there was the, the one in a million chance that they were just going to allow Justin Matabike to walk and say we're never going to pay him the price that it would cost in order to keep him around. Or we refuse to take on $22 million in one season if we can't work out a long-term deal. It never made sense. 
Justin Matabike established himself as a star. You don't let star players just walk in the prime of their career. You just don't do that. That would be, you know, derelict of duty if you were doing that. So Eric DaCosta confirms. Man, by the way, he even hedges that. Probably. <laughs> Probably, yes. Um, but that's the clo- that. By the way, that's that's how low the bar is. The bar is so low that that's the closest thing you might get to actual information. Um, just the reality of the circumstances, unfortunately. Um, and the Ravens will try and try. And the other thing too to keep in mind is, much like we talked about with the Ronnie Stanley decision, and I know there's something that Brian McFarlane brought up when we talked to him. Even though the savings wouldn't come until after June 1st, they can budget around that. If this thing drags out with Matabike a little bit, it'll be frustrating because you'll have to get under the cap with his $22 million figure. But you still have until July to try to change that number for this season and clear up some space for the incidentals that can come up during the course of the year. Like if you have to sign somebody because of an injury, something like that, you can still hope to get that fixed. But ideally, you get it done pretty quickly. And typically the way it works is you don't do the tag and then get a deal done the next day. I don't I don't know why it is. It's almost like once the tag's in place, we're like, all right, we're going to deal with other things now. In a perfect world, if you have to tag him next week and then you can get a deal done three days later, good news. <laughs> but it just never seems to be that that way. It seems to be that like if you the you might do the tag and then after the draft, right, revisit it and get a deal done like Lamar before the July deadline, um, right before the draft. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. It was the same weekend as the draft that they got the. Wasn't deal it? Done. Wasn't it like an hour before the draft? Yeah, it was. It was exactly right. Is exactly when it got in. So, I, I don't know why that is. And by the way, that's on the quicker end, right? Of tag situations. Now, most of the time, you know, quarterbacks, obviously, the rules are completely different. That's on the quicker end of when a tag player ends up getting a deal done. When we come back in this time, we're going to chat with Patrick Stevens and talk some uh, Terps, I guess. I don't know what we would talk about. Oops. You got a new player coming in. It's not. He's not here. Next year, they have a player coming in. I don't know what we'll talk about. Lacrosse, for sure. Well, We talk college sports with Patrick Stevens on Tuesday, so we're going to do it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, it's Jeremy Kahn. This postseason, bet in person at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks with locations in Canton and in Towson and enjoy the best in-class sports wagering experience at their state-of-the-art facilities, bringing an unmatched sports betting thrill. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of special Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken. A family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Hungry? With seven locations throughout Maryland, Glory Days Grill is always right around the corner. They have wings, burgers, salads, sandwiches, and drinks to satisfy everyone, as well as tons of televisions and sound delivered right to your phone. Glory Days is the best place to watch football or whatever your favorite sport is. While you're there, be sure to check out Goose Flights Lager, named in honor of legendary Raven Tony Goose Siragusa. $2 of every can is donated to the Goose Flights Foundation. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. One of the things that's definitely wrong with this country is that this dude still has a job somehow, some way. Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. If you missed it yesterday, stay in the fan. Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, talking baseball. You can find that at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. And later this hour, we'll be talking baseball with the great Scott McGregor, who, of course, uh, spent some time as a guest instructor down at Oriole Spring Training. We'll get uh, some thoughts on what he saw, particularly from the pitchers, a little bit later on this hour. In the meantime, it is a Tuesday, and on Tuesdays, we talk college sports with our friend from the Washington Post, USA Lacrosse Magazine. You follow him on Twitter at Discourse, D1S Course. He's Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's with us now here on GCR. Patrick, it's Glenn. It's good to talk to you as always, pal. Thanks for taking the time for us. Thanks for having me. I uh, was jokingly saying coming in, I don't know what there is to talk about on the hoops level at this point. Maryland won a game. That's 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 swell. Uh, they got that going for them, which is nice. Uh, the Towson thing that was that was not great on Saturday, obviously. Well, we'll start with Maryland. Um, how about Maryland and Rutgers? Both games 
between the two teams finishing with exactly 109 points. How about that? Like, I mean, you know, way to be consistent, guys. Yeah. 56, 53, and 63, 46. So, Maryland basically now a win away from, from being no worse than a 500 team. I mean, I guess there's an outside chance they could, you know, win one game, lose the rest, and somehow still get an NIT berth. But in all likelihood, you're, you you win one of the next four, and you're, you got yourself a you got yourself a 500 season in all likelihood. How about so, that? Uh, so, you know, and, and frankly, they probably should. With, you know, it's not like they were that far away from beating Northwestern, uh, and Indiana is just in complete shambles, I think, at this point. So uh, it's an opportunity, as weird as it sounds, uh, for Maryland to get on a little bit of a roll as March gets underway uh, you know, with these two games. Uh, they find themselves at – 17 and 13. We're not talking NCAA tournament or anything like that, but we're at least talking about a team that can feel decent about the way it finished the season, uh, or at least finished heading into that game up at Penn State, which seems to bedevil Maryland no matter who's on the roster, who's coaching, what year it is. Um, but it would be sort of interesting to see Maryland uh, be able to get on a little bit of a spurt here. Uh, and I and you certainly have to give credit to the defensive effort up, up at Rutgers. As for uh, Towson, uh, looking more and more uh, like a team that, that's that, a, you know, they've got some work to do simply to, to get a top four seed right now. Uh, they probably need to sweep North Carolina, A and T and UNC Wilmington this weekend to make that happen. And even then, um, you know, you kind of got a sense of what could happen if they caught Charleston on the wrong day, yeah. uh, with that game in, in Towson on Saturday, uh, Charleston shot 15 to 22 from three, probably not going to happen again, quite like that. But, uh, uh, you know, that that's a team that when it's really going, uh, it, it is a bit better than everybody else in, in that league. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're Towson, you're, you're sitting here and, and you have basically split the last four uh, cycles, the last four weekends, Northeastern and a loss to Hofstra, lost to Delaware, beat Elon, beat William and Mary, lost to Hampton, beat Monmouth, lost to Charleston. I mean, that has, that has all the makings of a team that's going to continue that trend. Uh, right on through to being like a five or six seed in the CAA tournament and not being able to get out of the quarterfinals. So it's a team that, uh, you know, has, has had offensive issues all season. Uh, if the defense isn't going to be great and, and credit to Charleston more so for what happened the other day, but uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta score to win if you're Towson and, and, and scoring 56 points against against one of the top teams in the CAA just is not going to get it done. Probably not. Um, I, let me go back to Maryland for a second because the big news last week is they land this uh, five-star prospect in Derek Queen. Presuming that, that Derek Queen is the player that everybody thinks he is immediately, and I get that that is a difficult presumption to make with any freshman, even you know Diamond Stone was once upon a time going to be a savior for Maryland basketball, and we saw how that worked out. But just for the sake of the conversation – presuming Derek Queen is the player that everybody says that he is, what else do they need to do this offseason in order to put together a roster that's capable of competing in the Big Ten next year? Well, I'll give you three things that they absolutely need. A shooter, a shooter, and a shooter. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but but let's also throw in a point guard. It would yep. help if the point guard can shoot, too. Yeah. Um, if that doesn't get fixed, then you're basically looking at at essentially trying to do the exact same thing you did this year, uh, except having a higher end big man. And, and maybe you're, you know, maybe you get a deal where 
know, maybe Queen and, and Julian Reese get to play together for a year or something like that. You have a great front court, but somebody's still got to get him the ball, and somebody still has to be able to open up space by stretching the floor. So if you're Maryland, if you can't shoot better than 29% from three, and as I look at the Kempom profile right now, that's 347th nationally, which, you know, as hard as it is to believe, that's a stark improvement over what things look like at the start of the season yeah, uh, for, for Maryland. But that's still not good. Um, that's still ahead of, from what I can gather, exactly two power conference teams, one of them being Vanderbilt, who's just dreadful in general, and the other is, is Texas A&M, which has shown kind of similar signs of being able to be a pain to good teams, but has also had some puzzling losses thrown in as well. So uh, if you're Maryland, priority one is being able to put more points on the board, and that's going to start with being able to hit more three-pointers than what they've been able to do this season. He's Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on GCR. Patrick, I, I tend to give you this question every year as we get deeper into February, but on a national front, because for like a minute last week, everybody was coming around. Well, we finally have. It's UConn. They're definitively the best team, and then they you know, get hammered by Creighton. So if we play the game of how many teams do I need to give you for you to be confident that you've got the national champion, what is that number at this point? You know, given how good Connecticut, Purdue, and Houston are, you know, I'm not saying it's going to come from one of those three teams, but I feel like one of those three is probably going to be hanging around until the final weekend. Um, I, I, I'm always going to kind of spread things out a little bit more and, what I feel like my answer to you usually comes in somewhere around 20, right? Mm-hmm. It feels like that, you know, like if we had gone to 20 last year, would that 20 have included San Diego state and Florida Atlantic who played on the final right. weekend? Correct. So, you know, as I'm sitting here, is this the year, for example, that St. Mary's makes a run? Um, is this a year that we get maybe another one of those mountain West teams that's been so spunky all season, a Colorado state with a great point guard, like Isaiah Stevens, or Utah State, or, or whoever that, that makes a run? Is this a year that, that maybe we get a random, like, is, is this the year Clemson's actually going to do, do, do something deep in basketball? Um, and so I'll go ahead and say that that number's probably somewhere between 20 and 25 right now. Uh, but the thing is, is that in, in a single elimination tournament, this, this isn't the NBA playoff. Yep. Like, the NBA playoffs do a better job than any other uh, sport in this country in determining the best team because you have to go through four best of sevens to do it. Uh, and you don't have things like goalie luck or anything like that that you would have in hockey. Um, in a single elimination tournament, you, you know, who, who knows? If we ran last year's 100,000 simulations of last year's tournament, how many times would Purdue have actually won rather than that's, lost? That's, 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 a, that's a fair question, like, yep. Like my, my, my guess is is that Purdue would have won the whole thing more often than it lost to Fairleigh Dick. Yeah. But you only get one shot at it. Yep. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that ultimately when you, you look back at what Connecticut was a three or four seed last season, uh, four seed. So, you know, you were sitting here, if we were sitting here kind of sizing up where they belonged, we would have said they were probably somewhere between 10 and 20 at this point last year. So, you know, is that team between 10 and 20 like a Marquette uh, that can look really good at times? Or Kentucky, which can score? Or an Alabama, perhaps? Uh, who knows? But, you know, I, I think that the, 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 the list of teams that have the ability to win six games in a row is probably a lot larger than people want to give it credit for. And when I say, when I say like 20 to 25, I might be shortchanging. 
and then I'm sure you've uh, you've stored up all of your uh, your hot takes about court storming for us to dive into today, right? Like I'm sure. Well, I'm going to give you a really really boring assessment. <laughs> like it, it, it's, if you can do it safely and get everybody out of there, yeah, then go ahead and do it. You know, I'll if tell you, you can't do it safely. Patrick Griffin if had. You can't do it safely, then don't do it. Then you can't do it. Like Griffin I, I had the idea yesterday. Example. You put up a 30 second clock after the game and say. Once the game's over, you got to wait 30 seconds before you can come on the court to allow 30 seconds for everybody to clear out. And I was like, I'm listening on that. That's not a bad idea. That that's not terrible, you know. Like I mean, it, the the reality is is, is if, if we want to sit here and say what what really went wrong in that Duke at the end of that Duke Wake game, it's that the the Wake Forest security personnel were understaffed and wholly unprepared for what was coming next. And I get it. Okay, Wake Forest hasn't won many of those kind of games in a long, long mm-hmm. time. So you know it's understandable that they they might not be used to to, to what that takes. Uh, but Wake's good now, and they probably should have been ready for it, uh, especially against a team that you know. Like I mean, there's somebody I, I think it was I think it was Brett Strelo who used to cover uh, basketball down there. Now works at uh, App State, who had like a running list. Of of every time Duke lost on the road and whether the court got stormed, or not. Huh. And it was a huh. it was like ninety five percent of the time over the previous fifteen years the court was stormed when when Duke lost on the road. So you know it's coming. So you got to make sure that you you know you take care to ensure everybody gets out of there safely. You know it, it's it, it's one of those things where you know you want to beat and no matter what like you want to beat somebody but you don't want them to get hurt like yep. you. You don't want that. That that's not what anybody's here for. And by the way, you know, with the greater athlete empowerment stuff and the future of you know a likely future of collective bargaining, you better believe that that's probably going to be something that gets addressed at some point down the road. Maybe not this year or next, but five in the next five to ten years, would wouldn't be shocked if if that is an issue that is addressed uh, in, in a in a negotiation between players and uh, conferences slash schools uh, as opposed to simply a, a policy that we're sitting here dithering about right now. I, I, I tend to agree. I think it would be good if it was some sort of uniform policy somehow, some way. And to the point, I, what you just said, I think, to me is the if you can't figure out how to do it safely, then it just goes away and it's all going to be okay. Like, it's not like court storming is so imperative to the overall success of college basketball or health of college basketball that it would be some disastrous thing if they say, look, we we just can't find a uniform way to make sure everybody's protected. It might have to go away altogether. And gosh, you'll just have to go back. You'll just have to go out to a bar. Right, I know. And, these and kids, make, make merry revelry these, that way. These kids would just be, it would be awful for them if that were the case. Just awful. All right, uh, let's go to the lacrosse front. Um, tonight, I've got uh, Loyola Towson. Two teams going in very different ways at the moment. Um, how much should we be buying into what we've seen from Towson over the course of the last few weeks? You know, I, I like what I've seen from them, and I don't know how this team is going to hold up when it, when it has to deal with Virginia in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, but there's no reason to think this isn't the team that's most likely to create headaches for Delaware in the CAA this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know how good this St. Joe's team is going to be. There's, there's probably a little bit of a perception bump for them from the Zach Cole years. And when they were winning, you know, 70% of their faceoffs. and don't know quite how good the Hawks are, but I think that they're further along as a program than they were, you know, even five years or so ago, that that's a victory that's probably going to look at least 
moderately decent, like a, a 30 to 40 RPI win as opposed to maybe what you would think of a decade or so ago about St. Joe's and have it be more like a decade and a half ago and have it be something in the 50s or something like that. So I, I, I think there's something good to be said about Towson, the way they're playing, the way they're handling their business. Uh, and so certainly an interesting week for them with Loyola and UMBC back to back. And, you know, there's a chance that, that we're sitting here looking at a, at a, at a Towson team that has a five game winning streak going into that game against Virginia at home on March 9th. And then speaking of handling business, that's what uh, Maryland and Hopkins continue to do at the start of the season. Yeah. Maryland was very workman. Like I was down in college park for that one. And, and they, you know, it's funny the last four times they played Princeton, you know, they've got out to lead four to one, five to one, five to one, and now six to one. And they just sort of did that Maryland thing where they, they sucked the life out of them. Um, and so 13 to seven was a pretty fair assessment. You know, Luke Weirman was fantastic. You know, it was funny. I was telling somebody, you know, Weirman's the sort of guy that, you know, he's going to go win his 55 to 70% of the faceoffs, but he probably isn't going to go too nuts. Um, uh, and then he goes, and then he goes and goes nuts, right. And wins 20 out of 23. Uh, so credit to Weirman for having a fabulous game and, and for reminding me of, of what happens when he really, really gets on a tear. Uh, but you know, you look at them; they they are doing a lot of things really, really well. They're they're spreading the scoring out. Uh, they've got a you know a tough test for sure going out to a Notre Dame team that's going to be very cranky after having lost to Georgetown in overtime. Uh, but I think if you had offered John Tillman four and zero, even with two one goal overtime victories. Uh, at this point, I think he would have signed up for that a month ago in a heartbeat. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, and Hopkins took care of business against Carolina. So let's get to our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for or managed? And I, I'll tell you that the manager this week comes to us. I gave this to Griffin earlier. Last night at uh, Monday Night Trivia, one of the questions that was asked is, who were the first uh, black coach in the NBA and black manager in baseball, and do I need to give you the hints that they gave us? Uh, well, we're talking about what is it? Four teams or five teams for Frank Robinson? So yes, Frank Robinson obviously is the answer, and it's four teams, correct for Frank Robinson? Then his four teams are Cleveland's from what was that? It was seventy-six to like. 78? Uh, of course, this would just freeze up on me. Yeah, I believe that's right, but I'll tell you in two seconds because uh, as I had it pulled up, it was 75 to 77. Pretty good. 75 to 77. How about uh, how about San Francisco from like 80 to 84 in Eight, that range? 81 to 84. And then the Orioles from, uh, what, 88 to 91? Correct. And then the Expo Nats. Yes, um, that's correct. From uh, what would that have been like? O three to 06? 02 to 06. Well done. Well freaking done on Frank Robinson. Um, next up, five teams uh, for this man who I kind of quietly stopped playing a few years ago. Uh, an All Star just once, also a World Series champion once. Can you give me the five teams for Dexter Fowler? Dexter Fowler. I'll. Uh, Let's get the three that I'm reasonably sure of out of the way first, right? Yep. He was definitely in Colorado at the start of his career, right? For six years, correct. And then he was with both the Cubs and the Cardinals, Sure was, including his All-Star appearance and World Series title with the Cubs. So what you're missing is he spent the entire 2014 season somewhere between the Rockies and the Cubs, and then he played one more year in 2021 after his time with the Cardinals. 
Am I am I thinking that gap year was Houston? It certainly was Houston. That's correct. And then, in fairness, it was only seven games in his final. Only seven games for yeah. Dexter Fowler. Yeah. Um, I don't know the Giants, maybe. Nah, you were on the right coast. The Angels was the final okay. stop for Dexter I, Fowler. I do not remember Dexter I Fowler. I do not either. Los Angeles Angels. No recollection of it whatsoever. And then uh, timely, he just announced his retirement from baseball last week. Four teams for someone who I was stunned to learn was only an all-star once. Uh, Finished in the top 25 of MVP voting twice. Four-time gold glove winner, Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer um, was definitely in San Diego. Most certainly. Was definitely in Kansas City. Of course. And then it was the there were two at the end. Two at the end, yep. great. Um, I'll was, tell you, I don't uh, remember either one of them, and one of them was last year, and I don't remember it at all. Uh, Eric Hosmer, you know, I'm going to remember. I, 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 I will come up with who that was at some point, yeah. if if left to my own devices. Um, Eric Hosmer last season, oh gosh, um, was he in? It feels like somebody who was a red for a second, but probably wasn't. No, not a red. And Tampa, maybe? No. The uh, if he was traded in 2022 from the Padres to the Red Sox, and then okay. uh, last year he was a Cub. I don't, I don't remember no, that at all. No, he wasn't. I, I I agree. I have no memory of it whatsoever. All right, Patrick Stevens, what's on the docket for you this week, sir? Uh, we headed to. George Washington tonight to see new Mid American Conference School. That's right, Massachusetts. UMass, yeah. So uh, the they're uh, they're apparently on their way out in a couple a couple years. That's uh, I don't think a formal announcement there. Tomorrow, Maryland Northwestern, uh, and then uh, over the weekend, uh, a George Mason Duquesne Georgetown Xavier doubleheader on Saturday, and Maryland and Indiana on Sunday. And then the, it, it, it's coming to an end. The final MEAC Monday of the season is next week. Wow. Um, so it, it's it's always sad. It goes so fast. Uh, <laughs> but I believe I'll be at Howard Howard and Delaware State. I mean, I enjoyed my MEAC Monday last night, by the way. Where? Morgan actually played pretty oh, well yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. against Norfolk State. So, But unfortunately for Morgan, that, kind of, that, that result, along with some others last night, basically puts them – it's going to be a hard climb to get into the top half of the league by the end of the regular season they're probably looking at being the five or the six i was just checking i was just checking umass football over the last five seasons has won a total of how many games over the last five seasons yeah, so that includes like the pan- that includes the pandemic season very cl- six six games six. uh since the start so, of the but 2019 they, but they've season. employed and they've employed two yes former uh, former maryland coordinators in that span that is correct uh, as head coaches, uh, where is Walt Bell now? Where did he end up after after his? Stint? That's a good question. I, I am I am going to uh, I'm going to fire up the old twi- the old uh, Wikipedia yeah. machine he, to figure this one out. He, definitely... he is the offensive coordinator at Western Michigan. Ah, that's exactly where my next guest was going to be. He was. I remember they thought Walt Bell was a star. Like they thought he was going to be. A, he's still only 39 years old, by the way. Yeah, like I mean, there's still plenty of time no for him to, to make a push back no on be a head coach again. Yikes! Yikes! Not uh, but UMass football got to have it if you're the MAC. That's going to be the difference in uh, their their place among the conferences. All right, Patrick Stevens at Discourse D1S Course on Twitter. 
Uh, always appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk again next Tuesday. All right. It's awesome. Take care. It's Patrick Stevens with us every Tuesday here on GCR. UMass. Gotta have it. Like, I, I don't know why UMass wouldn't be the school that just says, look, basketball is what we... We're never going to be a football program. Let's maybe do what's best for basketball, which you would assume would be the A-10. Like, it might be a football program one day. No. Like, bring in... What? Urban Meyer. Okay. Can you imagine Urban Meyer being so Deion desperate Sanders, to again? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, all it takes. That, maybe that'll be all he case. needs. That is, uh, that is a rough scene, but uh, the Mac had to have him. He was the sports person of the year last year. I don't know if you heard That's that. right. I did, I did hear that. I did hear that. All right. Um, yeah, we're going to head down to uh, – well, I, I assume Scott still's down in Florida, but maybe he's come back home yet. I don't know. I actually don't – I think Scott lives in Florida now that I – Does he? I, is he – he's not still West Coast? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. I, know, I feel like maybe I should know too. And I, I have no idea. I don't know. But Scott McGregor spent time with the Orioles in Florida as a guest instructor. We will find out what he saw from uh, the birds, what he thinks of some of their pitchers when we come back in. Speaking of the birds, the print issue of PressBox is available all about the hope of spring. You can go get it for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Costas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. Fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steamed crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The ultimate fan experience awaits you at Sports and Social Maryland. See how we're raising the sports bar with our massive 100-foot media wall featuring 40 HD TVs and a 47-foot big screen. Bet on your favorite teams and this year's biggest events at the FanDuel Sportsbook while enjoying your favorite beers and cocktails, plus our delicious takes on bar food classics. Visit Sports and Social at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Discover your next favorite beer crafted in the heart of Charm City. At Guilford Hall Brewery, we believe beer should be flavorful and easy to enjoy. Our meticulously crafted lagers and ales are derived from centuries-old European brewing traditions, a staple for both the seasoned beer aficionado or a novice hophead. Experience beer styles that dare to showcase the exceptionality of simplicity. Visit our restaurant and brewery at 1611 Guilford Avenue or view our menu and tap map online at guilfordhall.com. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. The latest edition of PressBox is available now, and on the cover we look at the promise of spring for the Baltimore Orioles as Todd Karpovich and others shine the light on the team's hopes to take the next step towards championship contention and what reinforcements could still be coming. Plus, PressBox personalities offer suggestions to David Rubenstein about stewarding the franchise. Also inside, Bo Smolka on how the Ravens' defense could evolve with new coordinator Zach Orr. And we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's programs across the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Contrary to what some people believe, I actually like this guy when he sleeps. Glenn Clark, talking sports. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. You know, you can't, well, I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, Superbook doesn't have lacrosse available. You can bet college baseball on Superbooks. Like, for example, Navy hosts Delaware State today. Navy, a minus 290 favorite if you want to bet that game. So get over to Superbook, download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23. When you sign up, you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first-bet match win or lose with Superbook.com and download the Superbook app. Uh, John Harbaugh now. It's his turn on the proverbial lukewarm seat. Hot seat, yeah. It's definitely not. Yeah. Don't, it's not they're, that. Trying, they're trying to get him. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Uh, he's really excited about the coaches that the Ravens hired. We had a lot of positions to he fill. He likes them? He likes them. Really excited about them. That's uh, that's what he's got for you so far. Again, if he has something interesting to say, we'll discuss it. But if I could bet on that at Superbook, I'd heavily bet the no. I'd heavily bet the other side of it. Um, it's also an awkward thing. I didn't bring this up when we were talking about it earlier. It's also awkward at the um, – combine because it's not just local reporters like it's reporters you know from everywhere so a lot of times some of the questions that end up coming into the combine like for example uh miami reporters that are there will probably go ask john harbaugh about anthony weaver you know seattle reporters that are there will come over to john harbaugh's press conference to get questions in about mike mcdonald so a lot of the combine press conferences end up almost being dominated by things that are not remotely interesting whatsoever to the, the home team, the yeah. home market, right? Like the fans in Baltimore don't care what John Harbaugh has to say about Denard Wilson because he gone. Like what 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 it, what would we care about that he would have to say about Denard Wilson? With all due respect to Denard Wilson, who I like a lot. Um but uh, just not something that uh, we are going to be interested in necessarily here. So that's part of the equation when it comes to these combine press conferences. I had this from uh, Jeff. Jeff says, um, Glenn, I hear you mocking the idea of court storming being gone, and I get it. It's not the end of the world, but I would say that it's a more important part of the tradition of college basketball than you think it is. 
I feel like it's part of the joy that people have and part of the reason why fans want to go to big games is because they want to be a part of the post-game celebration. They want to experience that moment, whether they're necessarily still students or not. Trust me, look into those crowds, and you'll see a few people that definitely are not college-aged. I'm not saying that it would be the end of the sport if it was done away with, but I think we can all agree that college basketball should do everything they can in order to protect the tradition. No, we can't all agree about that. Um, I, I, to say it's not nothing, yeah, I'll give you that. It's not nothing. It's something that people are used to and they've seen before, and so it's cool to them. I, I mean, it is overwhelmingly students. I think that's different, again, with football. I think in, in football there are more, like, fans that just kind of sneak onto the field. Um, at, from time to time than there are in basketball. In basketball, it really is overwhelmingly students. And as Patrick just said, like it, so you got to do something else to celebrate. Go hang out on the concourse or something. Like I, I, You'll figure out a way to do this. A designated area that schools would say, hey, we're going to have an official post-game party a lot of schools have like a, a conf, you know, I, I don't know, a, a gathering area. Let's say that Maryland, um, they got rid of court storming. Maryland, for example, at the Xfinity Center has an annex that they use for wrestling and for um, volleyball events. And Maryland could, they would have the ability to say, we're going to now tell you if you want to go we're hosting an official celebration after big games go there and students could do that if they wanted to if you can do it if you can find a way to do it safely again i've given griffin an awful lot this is the most run i'm ever going to give griffin probably maybe he'll come up with something else i don't think the 30 second thing is a bad idea on a heater right now well you got one (laughs) let's not you got one we never go as far as saved course throwing heater Eh. That's what they're. That's what they're saying. We got to keep getting it out there so other people hear it. I like that idea. And again, if you think you can do it and it can be safe, I'm not opposed to keeping it. I'm not telling you we have to get rid of it. I'm not, you know, Jay Billising this, but like, I are you going to enforce it if you if you set that 30 second clock are you definitely going to we all made fun of Jay Billis for his suggestion that you arrest kids yesterday well if you come up with that 30 second clock in order to make sure that it matters you're going to have to do that you're going to have to say you run onto that floor before 30 seconds you're getting arrested or else there's no point to the 30 second clock are you going to do that cuz if you do i'm listening and you can maybe save court storm Joining us now, just spent some time in uh, Florida with the birds, working as a guest instructor. He is, of course, an Orioles legend. It's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. Scotty McGregor, who's back with us now here on GCR. Scott, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Oh, not a problem. Everything everything good in your world, Scott? How you feeling? I'm feeling fine. Yeah, Yeah. everything's going all right. We had a really good time in Florida. Great group to work with and excited for the year. I'm actually, you know what, If I, I, I don't know if you've tested it any time recently, 
at 70 years old, if if you were to go to the mound, what's the what do you think the fastest is that you could still hump the ball at this point, Scott? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. I'd be lucky <laughs> to get to the 70s, I'm sure, maybe the 60s. I don't know, my arm was never a problem. It's the legs and the foundation that's yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Hey, when when you go down there, Scott, right? And of course you spent years upon years as a coach after your career was over. Are are mm-hmm. you there to be a sounding board for guys to come to you? Do you have a, a formal role during your time or is it just to be an asset for guys to talk to um that have questions and you have a depth of knowledge? Well, I think it's a combo. I have one role that they use me for, and that's when they're doing their live BPs. I'm in the bullpen with a walkie, organizing where they're going, how much time they got, and uh, so that's fun. They enjoy that. They, you know, they always say, "Hey, yeah, here he is, the master of the bullpen." So okay, good. <laughs> you know, so I do that. But then the rest of the time, I'm watching bullpens and during stretch, you know, and the idle times, uh, striking up conversations. They all are very, very respectful. Uh, and it's just really, it's, 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 it's really a pleasure to get down there and feel like, you know, you're not just someone they just shove off, but no, I, I get a lot of respect from these guys and that's cool. I'll tell you, it, it means, it seems like a small thing, but I think it means a lot to Orioles fans too, Scott, that like you guys are still connected with the team and, um, we, we love that. It's it's a small thing, but like it, it means the world to us. Let me ask you about a couple of guys, obviously, that you saw when you were down there. You, you know everybody is hot and bothered about Corbin Burns. Um, it, it's been a long time since a pitcher with this cachet has been in Baltimore. Seeing him up close and personal, what stood out to you about Corbin Burns, the pitcher, and, and maybe even the person? Well, he was kind of quiet. He didn't, you know, we, we didn't get any big conversations. You know, I'd say hi, and and, and I would sit behind him and watch him throw a bullpen and say, this is one big sucker, man. This guy's <laughs> solid. Uh, he's got a great arm. He's got, <laughs> you know, really nice pitches. And uh, he looks to me like he's just really focused. And uh, and that's always a good thing. And, you know, I think about, you know, Scott, what, what does having someone like a Corbin Burns do – for an entire staff, for an entire team to know that you've got a dude, you know, that, that big sucker, you've got that guy that you know is going every fifth day. Well, yeah, that's very important. I mean, in the past, you know, uh, they've picked up a few guys that have, have been those mentors and have actually done pretty well getting out there on the mound, you know. And so, yeah, this guy comes with Cy Young in his pocket, and that's pretty impressive. And uh, I, I think they're all looking forward to watching him in the day by day and see how he handles things. Is there a mental aspect for it for a team to say like, look, you know, just, just the presence of an ace? Like we know, hey man, whatever's going on, you know, we're only a couple days away from from having a guy that we know is going to go out there and shove for us. Well, yeah, I think he's a trendsetter, you know, and and the the nice thing about it, you know, you know, I hope that. Uh, Kyle can get back, you know, coming off that ACL bruise. That'd be really yeah. nice to have him there and Johnny Means in there and then put this guy in. If you've got five starters that they've got, you know, with Grayson and Dean and yep. them, uh, the odds are two of them are going to be rolling at all times. And that's what it was with us. You know, back then, you know, Palmer was always rolling. and Planny and I were pretty good, you know, and Dennis and then Boddicker came. 
and you're always got you always have someone that's going to pick keep it keep it going you know in the past with our guys they'd be good but then all of a sudden they'd have like eight games in a row where they just didn't get it done and after a while you just started expecting it to blow up you know and so these guys were you know looking to get out in front of the cart and go get them scotty mcgregor is with us here on gcr he just spent some time with the orioles as a guest instructor Scott, were, were there guys that you ended up spending a little bit more time with that are, are having maybe uh, some deeper conversations with while you were down there? Well, I, I had some great conversations with Kimbrell. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a very pleasant guy, you know, very respectful, uh, very, uh, you know, you can, you know, and I mean, he came up to me and uh, him and Colin, they both, wow. they were really cool. Yeah, they were good. You know, they, they, you know, like I said, you know, I guess the word I use is the respect that they have. They know what we've done because they know what they've had to do. And uh, and they were really cool. And even the last day when they announced that it was my last day, they a bunch of them kept coming over and saying, Mac, it was so great to see you, great to have you. Wow. And hopefully we'll up in Baltimore. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, I think that's why they bring us back. That's Not cool. like they're saying, hey, thank God you're out of here, buddy. You know, uh, <laughs> they, um, you know, it, Grayson obviously is somebody we're so excited about, um, Scott, and, and someone that, like, you look at his talent, you believe he's got all of it. How far away do you think he is from from being at that level where he can be a truly top-of-the-rotation pitcher in this sport? Well, I think last year was really big for for the three of them, Kyle and Dean and him, uh, in the playoffs. You know, that's a totally different atmosphere and it's something that i think it might have taken them aback a little bit you know but it was a great learning experience and i think just that confidence that they should have from what they had last year that uh he's he's you know it can click so fast you know and uh and i think he's right on the doorstep you know and i guess the other did you happen to see a lot has been made uh, about Cole Irvin and some of the pitches that he's added. And, uh, you know, his velocity was obviously up on Sunday, and it was such a mess for him at the start of last year. And then he tried to settle into the bullpen. Did you notice anything about him and his approach as he looks like, as you pointed out, unfortunately, the injuries, he's probably going to be back in the rotation to start the season? Well, he looked great. You know, I talked to him, and he said, man, I worked out. I really focused on, on getting ready for the season and, and lost some weight, and, uh, and I, I saw him throw some bullpens and pitch, and he looked, he, you know, he looked at, like he did at the end of the season. At the end of the season, he was throwing the ball very well, and it looked to me like he's picked up right from there, maybe ticked up. You know, he's ticked up a little bit. That'll settle down, you know, because everybody's jacked up sure. know, right now this time of year. But uh, as long as he's getting his secondary pitches over the way he does, uh, he's, He's a viable option in your rotation. Is there anyone that maybe we're not talking about as much, you know, outside of that first group, that being down there around him, you were like, man, this this guy's got a live arm. I, Whether it's, you know, a reliever, somebody that you think could be more of a factor than maybe people realize. Well, Suarez, the lefty Andy Suarez, was very impressive to me. And uh, uh, <clears throat> Stallings pitched pretty great innings the other day, and I, He's a little funky, you know, and that's always good, you know. And, uh, you know, and uh, Johnson, one of the pitchers, yeah. Johnson. Yeah. He's got, there's, you know, sitting back there watching bullpen, there was some impressive stuff going at it, you know. And so, you know, once again, uh, Elias is, 
promised to have that pipeline, and he sure is producing it. Scott McGregor with us here on GCR. Scott, we talked last summer as um, we were doing our, our year-long celebration of you guys and the, the anniversary of the World Series run. And I, I wonder, because I feel like it was a common theme in talking to all the guys, about how much 79 still stood out. And I, I wonder if, if – and it's not a direct parallel, right, because this team didn't make it to the World Series and it was just last year. But do, do you have a feel for what that did – for this group of guys to, to, to get that have such a good season and then for it to like come to such a quick and abrupt surprising end the way that it did and how that might fuel them moving forward. Oh, exactly. That, that was brought up. And I, I think I talked to Hyder about and, uh, and, and a number of the coaches and the players and just saying, guys, you know, 79, uh, we, we, we didn't make it. I mean, we were there, but you still, you didn't win your last game, and we had. And I said, guys, we had a fire in our belly after that because we, we wanted to get back. I said, and I'm sure that it's the same way with these guys. They don't, you know, they don't forget that. No, no doubt, and and you hope that it continues to fuel them, and that they almost have an obsession with it, the way that you guys did, because it worked out. Uh, it took a couple of years, but it worked out really <laughs> well for us, obviously. Uh, yeah. So Scott, what does it look like? For, what, what what are you up to now? Like you just you know, like playing golf? Like what 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 happens now as you head back home? Well, I'm home, and uh, matter of fact, Thursday I'm driving down, meet my son my, and my two sons and my, one of my son's grandkids, and we're going to Myrtle Beach to play golf for a few uh, days. There you go, right? That's the life, man. Scott, you know we've got a busy summer. We got ten grandkids, and we get around to see all of them and. They're in Greenville, South Carolina, Durham, North Carolina, and right here with us in Knoxville. And so, we've got that. We've got uh, we've got trips going. We got something going like once a month. We're off someplace. So. That's that's pretty great. Be up there for opening day. And uh, matter of fact, I was in the process of trying to buy my tickets for it when we called. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> they have, they have, I've got a couple of dream weeks. The guy does down in Del Mar, sure. but one in September. So we'll be through uh, Baltimore, way over there for those. So, and then uh, in October we go out to St. George, Utah, with a bunch of my old high school buddies, and we go to this thing called the Huntsman Seniors Game, and they we put together a team, a softball team, all of the old guys. Oh, that's cool. And we meet together out there for a week, and uh, that's that's a blast. And so anyway, we'll we'll be busy. That's we'll be cool. All right. That is cool. That is a great. That sounds like not a bad way to spend some time, Scott. That sounds like a pretty good summer. Scott McGregor, it's always a pleasure, man. I uh, really enjoyed this. Thank you for taking the time for us. Let's talk again real soon, all right? Bye, Glenn. Scott McGregor with us here on GCR after he was down in uh, Florida. Andrew Suarez was a um, was an early-round pick of the Giants a couple years ago, and as we keep looking for those, like, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, who who can be the next – reclamation project who's the guy that was an outfielder that the orioles are using as a pitcher who is it guzman is that who um, it is Hang on a ye, that sounds right ronald guzman ronald guzman was an outfielder i'm not gonna pretend like i know a ton about um he all right ronald guzman was an outfielder for the Rangers, Yankees, and Giants. 
And then, la- okay, sorry, he was a ranger. He was only really a ranger in the bigs. I guess he had a, a, a little bit the, with the Yankees in 2022. And then last year, perhaps due to an injury, the Giants were using him as both a pitcher and an infielder. Hmm. And then the Orioles gave him a spring training invite as just a pitcher. And, like, I have no idea if he's good. I couldn't tell you. But it's... How old is he? Sorry. Thanks a, thanks a lot. As you know, I'm a Ronald Guzman expert. You you know he's, they're serious about him because he's wearing number 84. Uh, Ronald Guzman is 29 years old. 29 well, years old. Well, he's clearly not, like... the bill of, uh, you know, this this guy coming saying, out of you're nowhere. you the Ravens should use him as an edge rusher? Oh, is that what you're... <laughs> he would fit that bill. Yeah. How tall is he? <laughs> that, <laughs> is that what you think it's supposed to be? Ronald, I I don't I have no idea. I couldn't say a word about Ronald Guzman. Um, and maybe in hindsight, I regret not asking Scotty McGregor about him because I just forgot that he was a thing, and I didn't know that we were about to have a conversation about. It. I'm all for you know that th- th- we believe there's enough of a special sauce with the Orioles and pitching right now that like why not take on a few more of these? Hey, there's something there, but we're not sure what exactly it is let's bring him into our system and get him around our data people and our philosophy and see if we can't get something out of it i'm not trying to tell you that ronald guzman or suarez or anything like that they're going to work or uh wandison charles was the one that, yeah, that we were Stan's talking cousin, about yeah. that's correct stan's cousin wandison it's uh <laughs> the charles family well known it's it's stan the fan josh and wandison uh all doing doing great things yeah um, but yeah, you know, bring him in. Take a look. I, th- I there is enough of a reason to think the Orioles have some sort of special sauce. I'm not saying it's worked for everybody, but like that they've there's enough of a track record here with getting something out of guys pitchers that nobody else was getting something out of that I, to say that there's likely going to be one of them that's impactful this year. Yeah. Like they tried obviously with Fuji a year ago, it didn't work out, right? Like they, now maybe it would have been like Fuji might have benefited from spending spring training with the Orioles and spending more time in their system and around it instead of just showing up in the middle of the year and you know, go get them, cowboy. Like I I don't know, so it can't work with everything, but you can't help but wonder at this point if the outfielder turned pitcher might end up proving to be a thing somehow for the Baltimore Orioles. Speaking of weird numbers, did you see what numbers? So Pat Spencer, by the way, is going to join us tomorrow, I believe, on uh, GCR. Um, you know it's a weird real bummer. Number. What number is he wearing? You know what he was wearing? Um, an NBA number? An NBA number. What, 54. Uh, by the way, I didn't think you were allowed to wear this number. Oh, okay, so 68. 61. 61, okay. He was wearing 61. I thought That's- you had to be in... Within the five, you, I I know Dennis Rodman famously wore ninety one. Right, like, I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the rules. I, I don't know the like, rules anymore. Because like as a kid growing up, you're like you're you know you're supposed to have you zero know, to five. Right, right. So that like you number. know a ref could go over and put up your number mm-hmm. when you committed a foul. We were doing a game earlier this year at Stevenson where like an opposing team had like a twenty six and a a thirty seven. I'm like what. What is going on here? Like it doesn't really matter, but it's like but I don't I know there were rules. I, I don't yeah. know. 
what the and it was difficult for me when they got into the game to like watch about fouls. I was like, do they do they have to do this and like right? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, apparently, he became just the third player ever to wear the number sixty-one in basketball history. Who were the other two sixty-ones? I, I don't. Oh, you don't. Oh, you don't have that. Okay. You could track it down. I I remember I saw it over the weekend and I had never heard of either of the. NBA players who have worn 61. Let's see. Um, ah, both played for the Cincinnati Royals. Okay, that's what I found. It. Wow, what a list. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Bevo Nordman, Dave Piantek, and Pat Spencer. Join the, they all joined the crew. Wow. So uh, 61. 61 was the number that Pat Spencer Piantek wore. is from. Here's the other frustrating part about Pat Spencer. He's apparently not going to be with the team in DC tonight. I saw that uh, Chris Paul is like essentially there. He's going to Oklahoma City instead with the G League. That's the way a two-way mm-hmm. contract works. Is like you can be in either place, and like he he's in. Like it's not he made his NBA debut. He's officially an NBA player, but like they're playing in his backyard. He's from Anne Arundel County. It, <laughs> Just would have been really nice for him to at least make yeah. the trip, at least, even if he's not going to play. Have him in sweats sitting there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like before the game, get a little publicity out of it in his hometown. You know, like the whole thing probably would have been. I'm going to guess a lot of like lacrosse reporters would have descended mm. upon DC tonight, and a lot of you know maybe the might be the Ed, biggest game Ed of the year Lee for the Wizards would have gone down there for the Baltimore Sun, but. He's in Oklahoma City. By the way, why why do some teams? I'll never understand why you would have your G League team in the exact same city as your NBA team plays. I know DC does that, like Oklahoma City does that. Hmm. Wouldn't why wouldn't you just pick like a suburb or a, a nearby city? Like if I like know, the like the way the minor league baseball. Yeah, like they, and, and you give more exposure to these. Like who's choosing in DC? Maybe DC is the wrong place because who's choosing to watch the Wizards, right? But like. Who's choosing in Oklahoma City to go to an Oklahoma City blue game? Like, whereas you would think if they just put them in like Tulsa, yeah, there's a market there of people that have less to do that probably would say, "Hey, I'll go to the game in Tulsa." And like, if they've tried to force a DC Baltimore thing that just doesn't exist, but like, you know, during the if there was a Baltimore, if there was a Baltimore G League basketball team, that'd be pretty sick. I, it would. And there was talk about that for years. Or if they wanted to do it in Richmond, I you know, to go the other way, I would understand that. I just don't. No. I I don't. I don't get that. I don't care. So, you. They need to go to Baltimore. Is there? Okay, come on. sure. I just don't get it. I don't understand why. Because Phil, uh, the Philly G League teams in Wilmington, right? In Delaware, yeah. It's they they built an so. they built yeah. an arena for them in Wilmington. They're the Delaware 87ers or something like that. They are not the Delaware 87. What are they? <laughs> You want to guess? Did they change their name? They used yeah. to be. Uh, did they change their name? I don't know if it was a ch- name change. The Delaware Bluecoats. Yes. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay, I do remember seeing that. They used to be something else. They were the 87ers. Thank you. Thank you. From not, not, 2013 to 2018. Thank you. Not an idiot. The Bluecoats. Why did they change their I don't name? know. I think that um, the Suns G League team is in Flagstaff, is in Northern Arizona. They're the Northern Arizona Suns. Makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, it's... A couple hours away, you're trying to get that market uh, more heavily involved into care. I just don't understand having it in the exact same city. I never, I don't get that. That's a weird bit for a G League team to be in the exact same city as the NBA team. 
I'm spending way more time on this than anyone ever asked for. I have no idea why I'm so worked up. Jameer Nelson's the GM of the Bluecoats. How about that? Who's on the Blue Coats roster currently? Anybody that we um, recognize? Do uh, oh, current that is, roster. Current roster. That is go. the other part of it too. Is that like sometimes you specifically put players on the roster that would be like interesting to that market? Ricky Council the fourth out of Arkansas. Yeah, he yeah. was good. He what, was a good two player. Years ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, Marcus Bagley is he related to Marvin? Bagley? I would assume, but I don't know. Uh, Muhammad Aminu from Georgetown. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pat McCall. No, uh, no, not really. No. Let's see. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's it. Terquavion uh, Tra- Smith from NC State. He was pretty good at NC State. If you say so, I will choose to believe you. I was trying to see who's on the uh, d- DC Go Go currently. If there's anybody that I've heard of, uh, oh Diallo from Kentucky's on that team. Oh, okay. Uh, Devin Dotson was a nice player. He's on that team. R.J. Hampton from. Um, uh, like he was the, the he was the guy that everybody was hot and bothered about, right? Like they thought R.J. Hampton was going to be a star. Um, he was uh, not that, <laughs> not 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 the case for R.J. Hampton. But he didn't they do like a documentary about him? Like they were so. R.J. Hampton wasn't he one of the original players? Kenneth that, Lofton Jr. is not Kenny Lofton. I believe it is. Oh yes. really? I believe so. No, he's on the Blue Coats. Yeah. All right, we're spending way more time on this than we should have. Let's move on. Let's get a uh, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is was there anything we needed to cover today? John Harbaugh didn't say anything else, did he? Uh, no, he said something about you know we need running backs. I think, and we might have already covered that. I think, uh, I think, I think, um, question marks on the O line. So there's going to be some rebuilding that's going to have to be done there, and we are getting to it already. It's probably the most important thing to do on offense. So. You know, then the question becomes like. I think Bateman's going to take a big step. He said that. So they're all pushing Bateman hard. Doesn't mean anything. Um, so I guess that question becomes: Does is when they say there's going to have to be some rebuilding there? Does he know? Is, is it because he knows there are other changes that are still coming? Right, like because right now we know right guard. That's that's what we know at the moment. Um, I think there's a lot of us that have believed that they would look to upgrade at left guard too. John Simpson, I don't want to be too negative about John Simpson. I thought that I had very little expectations for John Simpson, and he was helpful. He was, at times, good. But, you know, that's he's also a free, he's also a free agent. So even if they were to bring him back, I, to be fair, they need two guards at the moment, for sure. So... They could bring either one of those guys back, but that's it's a fair way of saying it. That doesn't necessarily if we can't read further into that and say that's definitely John Harbaugh saying they he knows there are more changes coming. Even just having two current holes, two starters who are not on the roster, would be enough to warrant what was the wording of what he said? Uh the rebuilding of the O line. Yeah, yeah. That that would that if that's all it was that would warrant. So we didn't really learn anything. Because that's where you want to try to read in. Like, does is he is he telling you that either Stanley or Moses is gone too. Right. And maybe, maybe, but you can't infer that based on it because we already know there's two positions where the starter isn't on the team anymore at the moment. So that's enough. All right. Tidbit is brought to you by let's make it by brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. And of course, this week, Toyota. Big week for getting in on the pick'em contest over at countysportszone.com. 
We're into the public school playoffs. The brackets are up. They get underway tonight. And if you think you know high school basketball, go to countysportszone.com where you can pick the winners and earn points to see where you stand on the leaderboard. Countysportszone.com is presented by your local Toyota dealer. LeBron James has played in 1,200 straight games scoring 10 points. That is the longest streak in NBA history with uh, with uh, consecutive games with 10 points scored. And uh, In fact, no one is even close. The next closest is 334 games behind. Uh, LeBron of this ten point game streak. You want to try to name the top five guys with longest streaks of ten game or ten points scored in a game? Ten. Ten points. But how many guys am I naming? Uh, five. Five. Uh, I mean, I Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan is number two on the list. Eight hundred sixty-six. So this, of course, definitively proves that yes, LeBron, LeBron is better. greater than. Mm-hmm. It does. It does not. That's um, why I did this stat. It yeah. certainly does not. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Not Wilt Chamberlain. This could be anyone. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is fifth on the list. 562. Steph Curry. Not Steph. <laughs> this is so stupid. There's no... Sp- I, Larry Bird. I no, no Larry Bird. Kevin Garnett. Not Kevin Garnett. Both their names do start with a K, though. Oh, how about that? Now, that is interesting. And Kevin Durant's did as well. Yeah, so, they're so all... three of the top five. The wow. three, four, and five all start with all a K. All start with Ks. Wow. Um, Kevin McHale. No. Not Kevin McHale. K? Um... It actually made it worse for me. I, like, I know, because now you're like, I, I can't think of to, anyone named K. Right? Like, I'm K. panicking about K's. I'm like, well, that's not it. Um, Carl Malone. Carl Malone is on the list. Fourth. And... This is, this is so much more difficult with the K thing. Kawhi? Not Kawhi. Uh, not an active player. I don't know if that'll help. But okay, not an active player. I would have guessed that based on the sheer length of the streak, but two of them are active. So, um, starts with the K. Oh, Kareem. Yes, Kareem. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron, MJ, Kareem, Carl Malone, and Kevin Durant. How about Long that? streaks of ten points. How about that? I, I don't know what to make of that. It's it does say something about longevity, but like it's ten points. It's not. Let's not oversell that. Um, um no, I mean you it, were right, you were right when I brought it up first. The greatest. Yes, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Definitively, very good. Tubular is brought to you by Goose Flights. Goose Flights available all over town. Cans available at all of the Glory Days Grill locations throughout the state of Maryland. Also available at the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton, as well as at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane. Cans and Sixers are available at Costas Inn and Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Sixers and Cases available at the Wine Source in Hamden. One ninety-eight from every can sold goes to benefit the Goose Flights Foundation, the work they're doing to provide non-emergency medical transport for those in need. Delicious Goose Flights Lager. Find out more and register to win up to $1,000 in Baltimore sports ticket credit. Pressboxonline.com slash Goose Flights. Go there right now. 
All right, CIAA tournament, full day today. Lots of action at CFG Bank Arena. All games available on ESPN+. Every game in the tournament is on ESPN+, except for the men's championship game is also on ESPNU. I guess it's still available on ESPN+, but also on TV on ESPNU. Uh, today, um, right now, or about to get underway on the women's side, St. Augustine's and Lincoln, PA at 12:10, Virginia Union and Shaw at 2:20, Johnson S. Smith and Winston-Salem State at 4:30. Men's tonight. I don't think I can name any of the mascots. Yeah, we just did this yesterday. <laughs> I don't think I can. Uh, name well, you know Bowie State, Bowie State I, and Bulldogs. Living, yeah, Bowie <laughs> State and Livingstone at 6:40. Uh, Shaw and Elizabeth City State at 8.50. Also tonight on ESPN Plus, of course, Towson Loyola Lacrosse at 6 o'clock. Uh, Big Ten Network Plus, Georgetown and Maryland Baseball coming up at 4. No broadcast whatsoever, and why Why not? For Tigers-Orioles today at 1 o'clock, Matt Manning and Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez making his first start of spring, and you can oh, sweet. imagine what it might look like. I can watch like. Rakubako's yeah, tweet about it. <laughs> Big Ten Hoops tonight, Peacock, Wisconsin-Indiana at 7, BTN for Penn State and Iowa at 9. The rest of the college basketball you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Monumental 2, Capitals Red Wings at 7, ESPN Plus and Hulu, Sabres Panthers at 7, Stars Avalanche at 9.30, Monumental for Warriors Wizards at 7, TNT Sixers Celtics 7.30, Rockets Thunder at 10, MLB Network Nationals Astros at 1, the USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Um, you know, uh, I know a bummer for you, a special time actually for season the season 1 finale of The Floor on Fox. <sighs> They did, a, they did a, a floor sketch they on did. Saturday Night Live <laughs> that was very that one was very good. That was among the better that they did on Saturday night. Um, on FX at ten uh, is the Shogun. <laughs> it's Cleveland's a historical figure. <laughs> yes, he was the first black character on Family Guy. Was he? I guess he was. I don't know. It's great. Technically true. Uh, Shogun. Uh, it looks it looks pretty cool. It's like a like a. Based on some novel it's about John Rollo and his his fighting promotion. It is not, no, unfortunately, no. not about John Rollo and a Shogun fight. Shogun fight. So, but an Englishman like washes ashore feudal Japan during wartime, and it looks it looks pretty epic. Um, if so if you, you know, there's nothing else on. So if Shogun, you say so. It'll be on Hulu afterwards. Um, then right up uh, this look this one another uh, it looks perfect for your book club. It's called Pathological. Ooh, it is the lies of Joran Vandersloot. I don't know oh that uh, name. Uh, yeah, he was a. Um, he was in Florida, yeah, and he, he killed like a bunch yeah, of women. It, it, it was horrible. Wasn't he the one? Like there was a prominent disappearance of um. Oh, uh, was there? I it was a big story. For I, a honestly, long the time. trailer made me like really, really uncomfortable. Just even just like watching right. how many, All like right. how many things he got away with. Oh, it will um, definitely end up on our in our book club. Yes, that is on Peacock. Um, we're not doing a show this week, so I can't even talk. I'm gonna forget uh, everything from the two that I watched last week, and they made me. They made me watch. Um, <laughs> Lover, Stalker, killer. Uh, killer. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, they made me watch that one, and then they made me watch oh, uh, that was weird. Chowchilla. What happened to the end of Lover, one? Stalker, Killer? I don't know. You, you I don't just give it away? I don't feel like watching it. There was a swerve. Just tell me afterwards. There was a swerve in Lover, Stalker, Killer that I I should have seen coming, but I did not see coming. And it was, I, like, I audibly said when it happened, holy ass. <laughs> like, out loud to nobody. Just sitting by myself. There's no one else in here. I said, "Whoa, holy s!" Uh, the swerve in Lover, Stalker, Killer. Um, Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom is on is streaming now on Max today. Okay. And then uh, Sydney Sweeney is going to be on Fallon. She's hosting SNL this week, and probably promoting. Um, Madam Web was out, and <laughs> she's got maybe, something. Else maybe they've given up on promoting Madam Web. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe they've something else is out uh, that she she was in. Uh, what was yeah. she in? 
uh, or or is coming out. It, that like nun movie, like horror movie. If you say so. I, th- I, just, I thought I saw a trailer with it. I don't know if that's this like this coming okay. up soon. But. All right. Very good. Yes. Uh, that's uh, you can find it all at glenclarkradio.com. Thanks today to uh, Patrick Stevens, to Wes Brown, and to Scotty McGregor. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my god, it's so good. Tab at glenclarkradio.com. Busy day tomorrow. Um former big leaguer Will Middlebrooks, who's now both part of the Red Sox broadcast crew. And I already forgot what the name is. Wake and Rake, I think is the name of yeah. his podcast. Yes, it is. And uh, he was talking on his podcast about how he thinks the Orioles can be set up to be the next dynasty in baseball. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, Al Hutchinson, the CEO of Visit Baltimore, will join us to talk about the CIAA tournament. Pat Spencer uh, is going to join us on the program tomorrow after he made his NBA debut, which is just so cool. And uh, Drew? I think Drew's going to stop by. Mm-hmm. We have a show tomorrow, so like, <laughs> if he needed to just call in, we'd be okay if it had to work out that way. All right, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Glory Days Grill, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Towson or Loyola Lacrosse. Duke sucks.